0: Good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. It's good to see you all in the house of the Lord this morning, this, this morning, this evening. Uh, my name is Amy Winkle. I am the rector here at Emmanuel, And so glad that we get to, um, to celebrate Jesus' coming to us tonight. So throughout this Advent season, um, we have been talking a lot about making space for Jesus, hearing his invitation to us, to come and to rest in his presence in an otherwise crazy season, to prepare our hearts and our very souls, our very being for Jesus' coming. And our journey through Advent has led us now to this moment, to Christmas Eve, and looking forward to tomorrow to celebrating Jesus' birth, and that Jesus has come into the world. And some of you in the room may feel ready for this, And many of us, I would imagine, are not so much. Like we're kind of feeling like we need more time. Like we need more space to prepare. We wish that our attempts had been more consistent or more earnest, maybe. And like to just full disclosure, my husband and I actually had this conversation before I came tonight, where we both were kind of saying, like where did the time go? Like what happened? We had these plans. We kept thinking, oh, we'll do this and we'll do that to prepare, to prepare our, our hearts, to prepare our family for the coming of Jesus. And instead, we kind of were looking at it going, I wish we'd done, done something different or done something else. Um, it's kind of feeling a little bit left and feeling like that we wish there was, there was more time. And yet, through no doing of our own, the reality is is that Christmas Eve is here. And the birth of Jesus is here. And so this has made me th- spend a lot of time this week thinking about Mary. And about her preparation for Jesus' coming. How this played out in her life in the Christmas story. And so in the book of Luke, when you go back to chapter 1, he does a lot more, he lays groundwork for Mary. Kind of some of the backstory um, to where we find ourselves in chapter 2. What Luke tells us about in chapter 1 is he tells us about the moment when the angel comes to Mary and announces this invitation from God for her to be part of his plan of redemption. And then he tells us about her willingness to say yes to to God and to make space for Jesus within her own body. He then goes on to tell us about Mary and Elizabeth, her cousin, how they are rejoicing together as babies are growing inside of them that things are happening in the hidden places that no one else knows about. So then when we get to Luke 2, what we start to read and what we're reading tonight is this idea that the time has come for Jesus to be born. And because this is such a familiar text to us, one that we've read many, many times, it's easy for us to want to sanitize it, to forget all that Mary has gone through to get to this particular moment, her body growing and aching, feeling nauseous, unable to get comfortable. And then outside of Mary herself, the social situation that she and Joseph sit in, this uncertainty and social stigma that would have rested on them because of them not being married. And then also bigger than that, this point of history that Israel finds itself in that was very dark and that held lots of uncertainty and pain and fear. And now, as we get to Luke 2, what we see is that they're in another sense of upheaval, another place where things are being turned upside down for them. They're away from home when Mary's labor begins. It is into this very real moment that Jesus came. Now, if I were Mary, and I don't know what Mary was thinking, but if I were Mary, I would be thinking, wait, this is not how this is supposed to go. Really, I wonder if Mary might have grappled with this idea in general, having to think about the plans that she thought for her life, the expectations she had of what her life was going to look like, how all of that changed in a moment when she said yes to God. And now, as Jesus is getting ready to be born, I just wonder if she's like, no, 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 we had a plan. You know, like we, I, we prepared a place for him in Nazareth. And now we're in Bethlehem. And it wasn't her and Joseph's decision to go to Bethlehem in the first place. And they were preparing for him to be born maybe in Nazareth. And so I just wonder if there was any thought in her mind of like, I'm not ready yet. This isn't what I had in mind. So our first daughter was born five weeks early. Um, And there were many things left on our to-do list. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> when she arrived. And I just remember in those early days after her birth, just it hard to, for me not to feel like I wasn't really ready yet. Emotionally or physically or even just like the stuff, you know, that, um, that we were planning to get ready for her. I, always, I felt like I was kind of playing catch up. Like this isn't how I thought it would go. And yet ready or not, here she is. Like where well, she's here. And the joy that comes with that. But the reality is that the coming of children into the world rarely happens the way that we think it will. And even though there are months to prepare for their arrival, it still is disruptive and messy and truly not an Instagram moment. And so when we think about Jesus' birth, I think it's important that we don't take the humanness or even the messiness out of it. That we don't try to sanitize it to the point that we forget that Mary and Joseph are real, ordinary people. That Mary went through the ups and downs of pregnancy, the joys and the stresses, the wonders and the nausea. And then she went through the birth pangs of labor before new life could come. And the same is true for us as we sit in this place of looking toward Christmas and this idea of Jesus coming to us. The reality is that we can do our best to make space for Jesus. And in that, there can be joy and also sorrow in the process. And yet, we don't get to decide when or how he comes. We don't get to determine what that scene will look like. And the reality is is that it probably won't be as picturesque as we were hoping, and maybe even more painful or uncertainty, uncertain than we would even choose it to be. But the good news is that the labor pains always give way to new life. It doesn't mean that something is wrong, but instead, it's the signal that something new is coming. And that something new that is coming is coming in you and it's coming in me. And it's also coming in all of creation. Paul tells us in Romans 8 that creation itself is groaning as well. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. And he says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but also we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown in, inwardly while we wait for adoption and the redemption of our bodies the reality is is that we hear the earth and all of creation groaning don't we can't we hear it and we feel the groanings within ourselves as well crying out for redemption It's easy for us to think that the groanings that we hear in the world are only getting worse. And yet when we think about Mary and Joseph and the place that they were sitting in, we realize that they were in a really dire situation too. And yet with the labor pains of Mary, new life and new hope came into the world in Jesus. And that is the good news. And so as we sit with this good news at Christmas... It's good that we ask ourselves, how might the things in our lives that are groaning for redemption be the labor pains that come before new life can come? How might the cries for redemption that we hear around the globe be signs of the labor pains that come before new life comes forth? Something that has been hidden Something that has been growing in the darkness of the womb is now coming forth. What has been happening in the darkness is now coming to the light. And church, it is our job to look for that light. It is our job to proclaim that that light has come in Jesus. That is what we're called to do. In our desire to make Christmas kind of feel a certain way, Or like want our family to feel a certain way. Or want the world to feel a certain way during this time. You feel that, don't you? Like there's sort of this longing. Like, I wish it felt different. It's into that imperfection. It's into that groaning. That Christ is born. And that then the angels proclaim, do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy. For all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord.